What's up, heroes, and welcome to episode two of the Hero and the Sage podcast. Today, for this episode, our guest is none other than the one and only Mike DeVries. And not only is he a legend in color realism, but he's also the owner of MD Tattoo Studios and MD Wipeouts. MD Wipeouts is a proud sponsor of ours, and I love them. Not only do I like that they're durable, they're pre-packaged, and they leave no residue behind, but they are literally pre-sterilized and pre-packaged. So what that means is, guys, is when you leave this paper towel all over the place on dirty surfaces, dusty surfaces, you knock it over, you handle it without gloves, and use it over many sessions, this is not a sterile way to handle your paper towels, and these are shit and cheap, right? When you talk about a pre-packaged, pre-sterilized premium paper towel that leaves no residue and is ultra absorbent and ultra soft, this is something that your clients would thank you for. This is uh, super gentle and they are super durable. And when you open each package, they have 10 paper towels folded, perfectly ready for you to use for a tattoo. You won't even use all 10 in one tattoo, but I usually use one of these per tattoo and it works great. This is the premium option if you're trying to be a high quality tattoo artist. You should always make the best decisions for your clients. So I highly suggest MD wipeouts. Now for the pod, we took a trip to Golden State Tattoo Expo in Pasadena, California, where they graciously let us use a conference room to film a few episodes of the pod. And thankfully we got one in with Mike. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Mike. DeVries. But yeah, um, the, the Southern headquarters is shit is, is tight. We went there and when we were walking around trying to find a place to do the podcast, it was like so many places you could pick because it looks so beautiful in there. Yeah. And I guess all anybody that's anybody has been there. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm waiting for Jeremy to ask me to do another shirt. Ask you, bro. Ask him. You don't think he would do it? He would yeah. say yes? He would definitely say yes. Yeah, I got to hit him up. Yeah. And I feel like Jeremy has so many connections with so many people. And he even told me, he's like, sometimes if someone doesn't hit him up, he doesn't know to like hit them up because his mind is on so many things. But yeah. dude, what was the first shirt you did with him? I think I did two, maybe three. Two, I think it was for sure two shirts. It was a couple of skulls. Yeah. It must have been years ago. Long time ago. Yeah. Probably seven, eh, maybe 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Dude, you're an OG out here, bro. And what's funny is you look fucking young. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I feel like I'm 92, though. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Is that like... Um, I mean, I'm kind of kidding, but for real, though, my back and my neck from did conventions... Yeah, you're just, you're just like that the whole time. Have you have you tried to do any rehabilitation for that or? Actually, yeah. Um, I thought I was done a few years back. Like really. like retired done because you can't go anymore. I was thinking about retirement uh, because of my back, my neck. I was like I was kind of hunched over this way and kind of down this way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, somebody hit me up and was like, "Oh, I want my husband wants to get tattooed," and I'm like, oh, "I'm, I'm kind of done." And she's like, oh, you should come meet my husband. He fixes people. So I went over there. I was like, you know, because it was right down the street. So I was like, okay, I'll check Like chiropractor fixes people I or? I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. So I went over there. And uh, when I walked in, there was like these signed doctor, like oh, just trophies everywhere. And I'm like, and it was like a state of the art type of gym. Yeah. And uh, he's, he basically said, I'll fix you. And I met with him. And basically we were just like worked out and he just like, 
he, he brought everything back. And he actually taught me how to like do things outside, mm-hmm. like driving a car. He's like, drive like this. Or mm. don't like having your arms up like this or something is. Basically, he taught me how to like, he's like, he always to- told me this. He's like, bring the world to you. Bring, bring everything up to you because you're always hunched over, you know. Oh, going to it. You yeah. bring it up to <laughs> you. For example, like brushing your teeth. Yeah. Like, I always would, you know, rinse my mouth out by going under the faucet. He's like, well, just get a cup and go like that mm. or put things on higher on the shelves. But basically, I mean, I was pretty bad. I thought I was done, but then, uh, but then after working out with them for about, it only took about three months Damn. to straighten me out. Damn. And do you feel like that helped you like posture and everything or? Yeah. And the pain, like not fully, but it subsided a little bit enough to where it was like bearable and all that stuff. Yeah. I see a chiropractor here and there, uh, just to kind of straighten things out, but Overall, pretty good. Do you feel like what 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 makes the biggest difference? The habits that you do on a day to day basis, or the chiropractor type stuff? I think uh, tattooing uh, more when you're tattooing. Just just the habits that you have tattooing. Straighten up. Like I I look at it like this. Like I seriously like tattoo pretty straight. Like if it's not right here, it might be a bad day. Yeah. You know, it needs to be like right here. So, so even if you're doing, you have that shit up. Up. Yeah. You got to be up. I need to do that, bro. Because you get in that mode where you're just like, the tattoo is the most important thing of the day. And people do that for years and years and years. But then they leave their body flapping in the wind. And by the time it's over, you're fucking dead. Like, your body is fucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and doing marathon sessions, you know, 10-hour sessions every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. For years. And you're, and um, for those of you guys that don't know, Mike is really well known for his color realism. And actually, I want to talk about that too, because um, there had to be a point where you started getting like a lot of traction and being well known. And do you, do you remember like a definitive moment of when that was? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I hit it pretty hard straight out the gate. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a, handful of decent tattoos for the time they were you know people no it's brand new at that time like that has not been seen or done at that time yeah so I submitted to a lot of magazines I was had magazine features all around the world but there was this one blue monkey that I did it was like an ape with a shiny tongue wet it looked Mm. wet and shiny I mean that that I think really helped put me on the map early on sure yeah dude that's super dope because I even remember it's crazy even talking to you now, bro. I know we just, like, are acquainted now, but, fuck, I've been watching your work since I began. I've only been tattooing maybe, like, 12 years. And how long have you been tattooing? 20. 20. Going on 21. Dude. Dude, time flies. Dude, yeah, I bet. And it's crazy that, like, I see you as, like, an OG in the industry that is, like, a part of the core of the tattoo industry. I'm sure a lot of people see you like that. And it's crazy because, like, at a certain point, you were just another tattoo artist just like everyone else. Uh, yeah, I don't feel OG. Really? Not really. And by OG, I don't mean like you're like old or nothing. I just mean like you're a part of that. You're a part of that uh, core group of people that um, that people would look up to in the industry. There's a bunch of people in there and stuff, whether they're young or old. But like, and maybe I just feel like that because I was in watching you since the beginning of my career. Yeah. So obviously, you're been doing it longer than me. So you're gonna be OG to me. Yeah, I feel like you know, like the Freddie Negrettis and all the like. I'm not. I'm not there. Yeah, because they're, right. they're, they're OG, OG. Like, that's the beginning of modern black and gray and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm super excited to talk to Freddie about that type of stuff. But um, what, is, is Steve Butcher, was he around the same? 
Mm -mm. He was after. No, I remember when I first started doing color portraits, there was only a handful. I remember actually my my mentor, which showed me, he's like, hey, check this out. Robert Hernandez. There, right. was, there was only a handful, though, of like color realism. And then um, it was, oh, Dino Cook. There was a, there was mm -hmm. a few things by yep. him that were really awesome. And then uh, then I met Mike DeMossi. And then there was also Nico. Mm -hmm. It was like right around that time. Right. Right. And yeah, Nico was uh, the forefront of that, too. See, I see you guys like you, Nico. Like, that's exactly how I see it. It's like that's the forefront of it. And and uh, that was just like totally new. So now you get deeper into your career. You're well known for that. And now you become like a lot more well known than just a regular artist and stuff. Um, and this is like pre social media beginning of social media. Dude, I think there was MySpace. MySpace. So it did when that you did that Blue Monkey. Was that MySpace days or did it go to Facebook yet? It was MySpace. Damn. I'm pretty certain it was MySpace, then then Facebook. Because I remember uh, I was posting tattoos on MySpace for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's when magazines were like popping back then. They were like, popping. And actually, I, I remember there was only, I only could remember Robert Hernandez had a website, mm -hmm. Bob Tyrell. So even websites were like scarce. Like an artist having a website is like, yeah. wow. I remember this guy that I tattooed. He's like, you should get a website. I was like, oh. he ended up building me one. Oh, dope. Yeah, but then I jumped on Tattoo Now pretty early on, but I think, uh, yeah, there, there wasn't many guys. Oh, Joe Cap, I remember had a website. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't much. So how do you feel now? Because, dude, it's changed. the landscape has changed so much in that short amount of time. Like, there's people that barely started tattooing that become famous because of their, just the type of content they do. And then a lot of tattooing content has become, like, also entertainment, too. So then you mix those two together and it makes like this like viral, crazy. And it's kind of bittersweet, too, in my point of view, because there's people that like kind of are like OK at tattooing, but they're like known as huge and they get like such an attention as if they are so good and all this stuff. And then like all the clients think, oh, you're like the best I've ever seen. And that's kind of wild to me because there's people that are really fucking good, but they're not well known at all. And I think they just can't figure out the transition from what they're used to to doing social media. How was how that for you, like, going into the social media area? Because you saw it work out for magazines and you had the MySpace stuff. Did you continue that momentum right into Facebook and Instagram or was it tough for you, too? Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm just always one to push myself, you know, if, if these guys are... You know, if people are promoting and marketing over here, you know, I try and jump, you know, like I'm on TikTok already. Good. You know, I was on TikTok for a while, you know. No, like, I see, I see some of the stuff you do yeah. and all oh, dude, what, what, the one that you did where clients are getting in the, yeah. the bed. And yeah. I know that one did, but that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Dude. We're going to do more of those actually. Those are fun. Those are fun. Yeah. And see, that's the key but, I think is, is learning how to have fun with the content you're making. Yeah. I, you know, social media, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, like you're saying, like. You, tattoo artists these days have to be like a movie director, mm -hmm. uh, a writer, yep. a producer, all of it. Right. It's crazy. Actor. Yeah. And know. then before you could be like an introverted artist, not really like social. You do really good work. And then like some of the more major outlets like the magazines or something would showcase your work and you would be the most popular artist because of that. Right. Nowadays, if you only post your tattoos, I mean, you could be the best artist in the world and no one would care. Yeah. Which is crazy to me, but um, that, that's like something that I that I that I that I think is like no, nobody cares about just the tattoos anymore. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and and a lot of people hate to hear that, but the way I see it is the people that 
talk shit about people that do content. I feel like it's just because they haven't done the work to get past those mental blocks that everybody starts with, right? And everybody thinks that's like, oh, these new fucking tattooers are just fucking, uh, they just talk shit about them. But a lot of people start, I started with a lot of insecurities going into doing content. And a lot of people think I'm a part of that Gen Z era that's like born with tech. I'm not, like I'm way before that. It took me a long time to get used to even, like I said, my voice and the, uh, my likeness on video. Because when you put yourself out there, you allow people to judge you just off of what you post. Yeah, you got to stop caring. And, yeah. and I'm trying to do that, too. Like, just, it, it doesn't matter. Do you read the yeah. comments? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Isn't it weird how you can get a thousand positive comments and you get five negative ones and those yeah. just stick out so hard? You'll, they'll dwell on you for, like, years. Why? You'll remember that. But, yeah, the thousand Why is that, ones, dude? I I guess the negative emotion is stronger than the positive one in some situations. Yeah. And then it's funny because I've had it happen where like some of the negative comments might hit something that is actually kind of true. Like they'll say something and I'm like, oh, how because did he fucking know that? that? Yeah, because there is a little bit of truth to it. Yeah. You know, I remember like a couple of times, you know, maybe there's like a, the highlight was maybe a little high or maybe the lip came out. And they'll call you out on it. And yes, you were thinking like, oh. that to yourself. But it actually makes you a better tattooer because you're like, no, I'm going to fucking make this perfect. Yeah. So but you do get like <laughs> offended a little bit because it's like, who are you to tell me? You're right. But who the fuck are you to tell me? Yeah. And then you look at the person's Instagram and they're like either not a tattoo artist or they, they just don't look like they would know that. But sometimes that third person point of view on a piece that you were only looking at inch by inch, they could see it differently than you can. Yeah, I also heard somewhere, I think I saw it on TikTok or something, but like uh, when people hate, it actually makes you stronger. 100%. You know, or take the negative and turn it into positives. You know, that's like a famous saying, right? And you build up a certain resilience or a thicker skin. And it's funny because you could just chop it up to like, oh, the internet and social media, it's all fake. But at the end of the day, there's people on the other end of those accounts. So those are actual people. So now the opportunity is there to reach more people, but then you also have an opportunity to receive a lot more hate. So if you want the good, you have to accept the bad. And then the better you are secure about whatever you're doing, and you, like you said, taking the negative for the positive, it, it could be a huge positive to be a part of social media. And I just think it's, it's ridiculous to shun it away and talk shit about people that do it, because there's a lot of people that talk shit about me. There's people yeah. that tell me I'm ruining the industry and... Oh, I couldn't imagine your comments. I actually <sighs> thought about that recently. I was like, dude, you must get some comments. Do you just delete them? I don't even delete them, bro. Do you reply? I used to. Now, in some situations, I'll have people that support me in their arguing for me, which always feels the best because... Yeah, yeah. people dude, have your back. It, that happens to you a, a couple of times? Well, you know, I mean, basically, they're just, they're just hating. You know? you know what it is? They're just jealous. They're jealous. They're just jealous. They're jealous. And I tell myself that a lot. And I mean, I, everyone's human and stuff. So some of the stuff I read, I'm like, fuck, damn it, dude. But, and then like, am I doing this right? Am I even, is this even real value? Is this, am I really ru ruining the industry type shit? But then I get some people that support me that have been in the game a long time, like Jeremy and stuff. And they're like, look, dude, that means you're making waves if you're getting those negative comments. And that means you're doing a good thing. And if you yeah. keep going and you keep refining what you're doing, it'll be good as a whole. Like like the the grander scale, it'll be good as a whole. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Yeah. yeah so for sure. And like I said, this is the beginning of this podcast that I'm doing. And I'm super intentional about the guests I have on because I feel like 
this isn't the only reason for it, but a big thing is I feel like there's a gap between the newest generation and then these other generations. Like I said, uh, when we were walking in, there's a lot of this new generation that has no clue who anybody is. They don't give a fuck who it is. They don't, you could tell them, Hey, it would be better if you kind of learned a little bit about tattooing as a whole, like the industry, because then you'll feel like more part of it and you'll get more fulfillment out of it. And they're like, nah, fuck that. Like they're trying to hustle tattoos because they see now it's easier to get into and you can make a lot of money. Yeah. And I guess that's the only negative to it. But I try to embrace the change because it only makes tattooing bigger as a whole. And then the more positive content that we have, like what I'm trying to put out, the more those newer generation can absorb something that's like, in between it's like they understand it because of the way i'm talking and saying and putting it out there but i'm also stating a lot of stuff that would uh help them get the most out of being a tattoo artist you know yeah yeah and so you're tattooing you you're you get pretty well known and by the time how long have you been doing wipeouts for because i think i remember the year but when when was it uh 2018 2018 so it's about about five years because i met you a, a long time ago i don't know if you remember but it was briefly it was actually when I was doing the Ink Magazine uh, videos. Oh, yeah. And it was in a brief second, but we were outside of the door wherever they were doing it. And I met you. Yeah. And you actually gave me a box of wipeouts. And I, was, I think that was like right when you started it. So yeah. what, what was the thought process behind doing that business? Because a lot of people try to branch out from just their tattooing and starting a business. But it's tough. It's not easy. Even something like just the wipes. I'm sure there was a huge manufacturing process and where to source stuff, who's printing the packaging yeah. and all that. So how did that start? It took a long time. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, I had the idea, you know, I just, I really, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I think that a lot of tattoo artists need to kind of rethink the wipe, you mm -hmm. know, nobody really mm -hmm. talks about that that mm -hmm. much. Like, let's, let's talk about it. You know, like you're using these paper towels from like the liquor store or CVS or wherever you buy them, but they're still, they're, they're just not super clean. You ever open a thing of paper towels and there's like dirt? Yes. Like literally, I remember seeing there's dirt. There's dust. There's dust. And I just, I just remember that's how I got to edgy. I was like, there's this, it's just got to, this is next level, you know, let's just take it to the next level. It's cleaner, it's safer. And then that's when I started to experiment with different materials, softness, strength. And it took me like, like two or three years to find that perfect material. Yeah. And yeah. then the thickness, I mean, just back and forth of trying different stuff. Uh, and then getting it sterilized, figuring out how, where. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, and I imagine that it has to happen over time because you don't just go into it and it's like an everyday, all-day thing. You're doing it on the side of tattooing, living your life, all this stuff. And every once in a while, you're making small increments moving forward to what would become the product, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I tell people all the time, because when I push, mind you, I push wipeouts like crazy in person, like, and on I the internet. That. And the reason being is because you're right. A lot of people are like, well, why would I use wipeouts? Because I, I use shop towels and they work, they're soft and they work just fine. Like, why would I fix yeah. what's not broken? But to your point, my biggest thing, even aside from the softness, the absorbent, the, uh, the, the convenience of having a 10 pack, it's the sterile part. Because I see a lot of artists, they'll break off paper towels for their session, and then they'll set the they'll set the whole stack right here, and then they'll set the the roll over here, and they they are setting it in place like that is messy, it's dusty. You're you're grabbing the paper towels all the time, doing a bunch of different shit, and the paper towel comes into contact with the tattoo more than anything else, yeah. even more than the damn near more than the needle. You're wiping it like hundreds of times, hundreds throughout the day if yeah. it's a, if it's a long session. 
No, it, yeah. it's definitely a lot. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh. And yeah. then the convenience of having the, the, the 10 pack, you're like, okay, I'm gonna open one for right now. I usually open two because I'm doing a lot of heavy black and that, and I'm sure with um, a lot of color, it tends to like, uh, I tend, you would tend to run through them a little quicker because it's thicker ink. Um, so yeah. I, I tell people, yeah, just start with one pack, try it for this tattoo. And they always end up loving it. And then I'm like, look, all you gotta yeah. do is do this. And then if you, if, you, um, if you break down the cost, they're not even really spending more really. It's, 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 it's right. It's right there. It's right there. If you're doing, I mean, well, yeah, you're doing black and gray, but I feel like I've, I I hear and see people all the time. They just use two or three wipes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't usually, that's not like a big selling point for me or, you know, yeah, but, but it it could be done. Like I remember I tell people I've seen Bob Terrell tattooed the whole side of a head for six hours. And he said he started to see signs of wear and tear six hours in, and that's the side of the head. Yeah. When paper towels, like they just literally shred or get all linty. You yeah. Know, tattooing the side the of the lint head, too. Yeah, the the wipeouts no have no lint. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. And, um, that's a big one that I hear from artists and, and me too. I remember like, especially by the time you're on your white highlights, it's a long day, you're in your white yeah. highlights and you've been wiping the, and then the that lint gets clogged in there and you've got to like stop what you're doing back. I mean, back in the day, you'd stop what you're doing tear it all down and rebuild the whole thing. Now it's like, well, you grab a new cartridge or you got to, you know, push the thing out and, yeah. you know, get that clump out of there. Um, yeah. And then so even whatever why. residue of those lint that might be on the tattoo when you're trying to take photos, you're sitting there trying to do that feathering brush with the paper towel to get it off. And you're like trying yeah. to knock it all off and stuff. Yeah. And you know what? Like here's, here might be the biggest other than the sterilized mm-hmm. thing. The biggest is your client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Your client complains less. It's like, oh, it's because it hurts less. This is <laughs> I was I was thinking about making a TikTok on this, but maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I don't know. I thought it would be funny, but but something to do with like you don't wipe your butt with paper towels, mm-hmm. and you don't blow your nose with paper towels, right? Because because they're have, too if you rough have a cold, if yeah. you have a cold, and you're constantly blowing your nose, and it's just going to irritate it. Mm-hmm. You know, your nose, your butt is sensitive. My grandma always used to tell me that don't use the paper towels because you're your sensitive red nose is just gonna get more dry and just all like, it's gonna hurt, it's gonna hurt. And it's the same principle with the tattoo. Yeah, it's it's a wound. Yeah. You know, it's sensitive. <clears throat> yeah. and, that, and that's one thing, ever since I started using white palettes, I don't really hear my clients complain about the wipe. I would say the same thing. Which also buys you more time in the chair. And it's funny because um, People might take it for granted because they're like, oh, it's just a part of the process. Of course, the wiping is going to hurt. It's just a part of it. I'm tattooing you for eight hours at a certain point. It's going to feel raw and it's going to hurt. And I'm like, well, you could mitigate that a lot more than you think. Yeah. And especially like I've done like necks and really sensitive areas. If you go six, eight hours on neck and you're wiping with a traditional, a regular paper towel, bro. Yeah. It is ripping your skin off. And then at the same time, what I noticed overseeing my healed work over time, I really feel like if you're accidentally dry wiping or you're using a rough paper towel, it could affect the heel. That was, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like does, does it have an effect on the heel? I think you it know? does. I think it does because especially I see some people, you might have good wiping habits. I have good wiping habits cause you know better, you're intentional about it and you've developed good habits. There's artists that I see and I forget that this could be a thing because I don't do it, but they are just like, just so fucking careless with how they're wiping, how harsh they're wiping, 
how many times they're wiping when it's completely already wiped off. And I'm like, yeah. why are you still wiping them? I'll tell some of my artists, I'm like, dude, they're trying to show me the piece and stuff and they keep wiping, keep wiping, keep wiping. I'm like, why are you wiping so much? Yeah. There's nothing on the tattoo. And I swear, especially with a rough paper towel, it, it would make sense that it would like damage the skin more. You're already worried about the needle damaging the skin. How would a rough paper towel on the surface not damage the outside of the skin? Of course it would. Of course it would. Yeah. So I tell them like, you know, especially when you start the tattoo and you're doing gray lines and all that, you could dab for so long. Yeah. And don't worry about getting it fucking completely. You don't need it completely wiped off every time. Yeah. You dab, dab, dab. You get the solid black. You do a little dab and a wipe. And I just think good habits with wiping too is a huge deal. Yeah. And the wipeouts make it so much more easier to do that because people are just so used to the traditional paper towels. And I get people telling me like, why would I even use them? And I'm like, if you use them, you would understand. But yeah. I'm not going to fucking argue with you about like why these are better. Yeah eventually they'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel like wipeouts are going to be an industry standard if they already aren't creeping up on it. Right. Yeah. So like the business side of it, when you're trying to push out this, uh, this, this supply and you're trying to get people to replace something that is cheap and has been used forever. How do you go about that? Is it just the social media? Is it the conventions that you get the most out of? Man, that's, that's, it's tricky. Yeah, it does. It is because it's you probably know, the hardest part. Well, you know what I've, what I think I realized is, you know, you you heard a uh, loyal to the coil. Mm -hmm. I think they're also loyal to the role. Mm -hmm. So it's just it takes time. You know, I'm also co-founder of uh, Stencil Stuff, and that I didn't even know that that took years to get people to be like, oh, they used to say, I'll make my own or a mm -hmm. speed sticks fine. Damn, you know? that was the standard before Stencil Stuff. That's crazy. Speed stick. Yeah, absolutely. And I knew about the speed stick, but like, I think I'm so used to stencil stuff being around. I don't even think about anything else, you know? Yeah. So I, I it's funny. I, I always say, uh, I feel like I'm, you know, the, the first guy through the door gets shot mm -hmm. type of thing. You know, yeah. I was, I started tattooing with the little air powered Numa. Oh, that ain't going to last. Let me see that in five years. Okay. Well, and then it's like, oh, no lines. Oh. You know, and then it's like, oh, mm -hmm. stencil stuff. Ah, oh, yeah, you don't need that. And then, and here I am with wipeouts. Ah. So you have experience with creating something that was, uh, like you're pushing against like a resistance to make it like a standard, but stencil stuff really did become an industry standard. Oh yeah. And, um, and now you're trying to do that again. I get, I guess that would be a huge complaint that you would get about your work too, is, um, they would always probably say, let me see that in five years. It's, it's going to blur together and all of that stuff. Yeah. But I don't think they understand how contrast and edges work when you're doing that type of stuff. Yeah. Because that's really what it is, isn't it? It's all about contrast. It's all about contrast. Yeah. And if obviously, even if there's not a black line here, if this side is dark brown and this side is a, is a value of yellow that's light, like it's going to hold the line. Of course it would, yeah. right? It'll hold. Yeah. And what I'm starting to learn about color talking to color artists is it's it's less about the color you're using and more about the value of the color you're using. Is that right? Uh, the value, 100 percent. It's all value, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you get the contrast, because I think people are like, oh, yeah, green and red, they contrast. Yeah. It's not about the color. It's not about the color. No. And that's why people can get away with doing a bunch of undertone colors and stuff, because it's like as long as the overall value of the thing that you're doing contrasts from the background or whatever's next to it, yeah. you can get away with a bunch of like purple undertones and something as long as the value is right. Yeah, for sure.
dude, that's, that's advanced. And I think a lot of people just go straight for the, oh, that's not going to heal well. Yeah. I got color realism all over me. That's looks great. I bet 20, 25 years old. And it, it looks almost like the day it was done. Who did your, uh, your work? Um, actually my mentor did a couple of pinups on me. Actually my hand, this portrait's like 20, 20 something years old. Damn. You know? Damn, dude. No touch-ups. Yeah. Then I have color, color, pinup kind of realism on my leg that he did that it looks beautiful. Yeah. You know, maybe it's lost a little luster. But I mean, but, you know, all tattoos are going to lose a luster, whether even it's a traditional tattoo. Yeah. But I still, you know, sometimes I'll see realism that just looks like garbage. Mm-hmm. I'll see it and be like, huh. It's because it wasn't tattooed correctly to yeah. begin with. 100%. And then also they probably messed it up in the sun. But all tattoos, all tattoos age. They could all get messed up with the sun, you know. Um, but if it was tattooed correctly at the beginning, it's going to heal. It's going to heal and age correctly. It's going to age more gracefully fine. than if you were to tattoo it the wrong way. Yeah. At least it's going to age, but the aging is going to be way higher quality than whatever if you <laughs> did you know, it the wrong You way. know what trips me out is uh, seeing all of these like old tattoos that are all blown out and all the lines are together. Mm-hmm. But these guys are swearing by the lines. Yeah. But I'm seeing the proof is in the pudding. Look at look at everybody with all these old tattoos. They mm-hmm. don't look good, and it's because they were lined to death. Yes. I think realism is going to age better. I, I do too, and especially the type of realism I do, I keep in mind the uh, the boldness and the contrast and stuff, right? And I I try to do it for the heel, and I get that a lot too, where they're just like, oh, it's not. But just because it's realism, they'll say, oh, it's not going to hold because it has, doesn't have a black line. And I'm like, yeah. you have no idea what you're talking about because this is the most solid, most bold way to do realism while keeping the realistic look. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I love doing it like that because it's graphic. Um, it's as graphic as you could get with realism before it becomes like an actual like graphic illustration or something, yeah. right? And I, I just love the way that stuff heals. And um, yeah, dude, I, I could see how that, how that could be tough. So now with Wipeouts, where you're at right now, what, what is, are you guys still just trying to find new marketing ways and new things to make it even bigger? Or like, what is the pain point for you growing bigger? Is it just that? Yeah, I mean, just, just, I'm just pushing it, you know, just trying so to- So you sponsor artists here and there, and then they push it. So there's that, there's the influencer side. There's you pushing your own, you know, even with the TikTok and stuff, anything you can get yourself is going to help the business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just getting out there, you know? It's so crazy how nowadays you could do a TikTok that'll go viral. You could change the whole business. Yeah. It could become above and beyond, you know, yeah. just from one TikTok. And yeah. that's fucking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but that's, that's where it's at. But yeah, that's where it's going. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. We've, we've been dabbling in it already, but we're going to do more of it. I mean, from my point of view, outside looking at it, it seems like it's doing really well. But every business behind the scenes, especially if you're talking about breaking even and like keeping up on inventory and um, and then you sponsor artists. So you're, you're letting product go for less and then you have to make up for that with whatever business you get back in. And I could imagine it's a constant balance of that. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's not easy. You almost got to be ready to take a loss for a long time because I'd imagine you put more into it than you get out of it for a long time. Yeah. And especially on low margin pro or probably not low margin, high margin, but low ticket price. You got to sell a lot of them, right? Yeah. God, that's gotta be tough, man. Yeah. But you're playing the long game. I'm playing the long game. Yeah. 
Because yeah. you 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 support yourself with the tattooing. You're you're good. You got your shop. You got all of that. You got your family, and it's just cool to be a part of something that could eventually become a norm, just like stencil stuff. Yeah, I see it to be like uh, any new uh, tattoo artists that come out of this, even this new generation. If they knew about wipeouts right away. You know, they're going to go buy their Cheyenne pen or they're going to go buy their Bishop wand and then they're going to get wipeouts. Yeah. That would be tight. That's what I, that's what I would want to happen. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And we got other new products too uh, in the works that, that are going to be cool. And the one that's already out is the cleansing tattoo ups. Have you tried the cleansing um, during? Like actually tattooing? I tried them? it during. The only thing was, is like, I could only use a few during and then I had this whole pack. So how do you go about that? Are you, are you pulling out a few or are you using all of them? So I'll, I'll use the whole pack. If I'm, if I got a long session, I'll just, I'll just be like, okay, I'm just going to contaminate this whole pack because mm-hmm. there's 40 of them. We got 40 wipes in the pack mm-hmm. and I'll just, I'm just going to use them all, you know, and I have a lot of them. So I'm not, I'm, I get a little careless with them, but, but I'll use the whole pack. I don't even get out green soap. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even need my soap. And what I've, it's, it's actually really good. The more you use it, you're they're, they're really nice. So like, because I use those crazy computerized like Photoshop stencils or use the Ponies stencil app. There, there's a lot of going on in that there's, stencil. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's just craziness. But it's, I, I say it's like precise wiping. You're just, there's no like. Got you. With the green stuff, yeah. there's no foam. Like where do you put the foam? Is it, is it, you get into that stencil, you get into that purple and all of a sudden it's smearing and then that could be the end of the world, right? So with the cleansing wipes that the wet ones, you just, you could just you could just get surgical. So that's you know? why I guess I was going to ask is because if you get too loose with the cleansing wipes and you just start like wiping, maybe like you normally would, like you need to only wipe this, but people will start up here yeah. and wipe all the way down. And yeah. now there goes your stencil. Yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah. It's yeah, just but like with anything, you know, you still want to be careful. To your point, the precision wiping makes total sense because, because it's wet, it's going to get it first try, but that means you don't need to do this whole large wipe. You just fucking get in there, tap it, and then it comes off, right? Yeah, and and you can't mess up. You mm-hmm. know, like sometimes if you if you put the green soap on there, it could be too, too wet, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it 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 crosses that barrier where you didn't want to touch. Yep. You know, the foam could go that way. So yeah, precision wiping is what I'm calling it. That's yeah, good. I think I think it's good for people to know that because even as they think about buying the cleansing wipes, they would want to know exactly how to use them. And even though that seems obvious to you, it's a lot of people that are just like, well, I can't use this. It's too wet. But they only feel like that because they're wiping the same way they always do. Yeah. 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 They're not too, they're, they're not too wet, not too dry. They're, they're, they're just right. Um, but also I like pulling three or four out at a time and mm-hmm. almost using it as like, kind of like a pad. Mm. So you're wiping on one side, you flip it over flip you it. Do this, and then you peel one off. And then you could flip that one, flip that one, peel. Flip, oh, and you could flip, use that peel, for a flip, long flip. time. Yeah. yeah. Wow, dude. So, so me, you know, like I said, I'll just use the whole pack, contaminate the whole pack if it's a long day, you know, but if it's a short session or, or small tattoos, just pull out a nice little stack. Boom. Okay. And there just you go. Don't, don't contaminate it, pull out a stack, put it, close it up. And that's yeah. the benefit because you can close it all the way and it'll hold the moisture. Yeah. And you could keep that pack over a couple tattoos if that's how you want to do it. Yeah. And oh, then, for sure, yeah. And it then there's the other side, which is the aftercare side, right? Yeah. So real quick, how would someone use that as an aftercare product? <laughs> so the cleansing wipes are for artists and aftercare. And uh, so it's basically it's the easiest way to clean a tattoo. Yeah. Besides the derm. Like, I understand that's 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 probably the easiest. And it's good. I, I use the, the derm. Do you use derm? 
Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you? I, you know, I tried it once and this could be just like a once in a lifetime thing, but I had someone have a reaction to the adhesive on mm-hmm. the outside. Is it? Yeah. And that that's, I guess I just didn't use it after that, but a lot of more people are using it and it seems like that's becoming another standard, right? Yeah. How do you feel about the, the derms? <laughs> I think the derm is really good, but there is a point when it comes off and you still need to clean your tattoo or the next day it'll fall off, you know, like. And the it, cleansing wipe is perfect for that because you, re- you take that off and then you get this like easy, just wipe yeah. it down with the cloth. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I want to try that stuff. I'm just kind of nervous. Do you leave the derm on for how long? <clears throat> so, so this is the best that I've found. This is, this is what I do. Sure. So I, I have it wrapped. I, mean, I clean it, make sure it's done bleeding and all that stuff. Let it settle for five, 10 minutes and then um, wrap it leave that on till the next day. I mm-hmm. tell them you could take it off in the morning, afternoon, just the next day, whenever you take a shower, take it off in the shower Yeah. and <clears throat> clean your tattoo, real go soap and water, and then get out of the shower, pat it dry, finish drying yourself, wait like five, five to 10 more minutes, and then put a new piece on and leave that on for five days. Okay, so you have the client put on the second piece, yeah. um, and then by the time they take it off, it's not, is it fully healed or is it healed enough to where they could take it off and now it's just dry? Um, Cause it, that's a that's a short amount of time, five days. Well, my stuff, it's pretty much healed. Yeah. Well, yeah. good for you, man. Cause that's yeah. fucking, it's, yeah. And I guess uh, it depends on how you tattoo too, yeah, because some tattoos are more traumatic to the skin and some people are really like saturated packing, like really harsh. If they're doing a line, they're sinking it. But at the same time, it's like, overdoing it and i think that all affects the heel yeah and what you're saying is is like five days should be enough to get it to where it's pretty much not an open wound maybe some some people might want to go six <clears throat> for my work it's five five to six but you, typically i say five i'm yeah. sticking with five yeah uh but it's i'm fin- when i'm tattooing it's like i'm not going over areas very you know it's like it's kind of like okay that's good moving on moving on moving on okay that's blue dark blue okay I'm just putting it w- what it needs to be right out the, you know, right out the gate. I remember a lot of people build up. Yeah. Many years ago, that's, I mean, I made videos and stuff like that, like educational videos and books where it's like layering, just go over it, you know, use water, just go over it and layer and layer. And that's layer. what like Guy Aitchison does too. <laughs> yeah. I don't do, I don't do that. I just, just put it in. Cause if you, you know, want. it needs to be this value in this color. You don't need the build up to it. You don't need to. And I guess that comes with experience and, and confidence in what you're doing because a lot of people overthink the the shadowed part and the highlighted part. But you know if like I know that this is gonna be this value and I don't need to build up to it. I could just right. hit that, leave the the highlighted part open and I'll hit that last type thing. Yeah. So you I've noticed it's it's not a guess, it's not like a flip a coin and be like, well, let's right. hope, hope for the best that heals good. Right. You know, hopefully I didn't go over it one too many times. Yeah. You know, so I feel like you just, it's a guarantee good heal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to try it. I mean, could, could you use it on like extra? I do like big pieces, right? But big and soft black and gray, that could be a little bit different. That's when you might want to like layer. I mean, I, there's layer is still part of the game. I saw one of your videos, um, one of your Q and A's or something sure. the Q&As, other day. Yeah. And it was, gosh, what was it? It was something about, oh man, I forgot. I'm having a brain fart. No, it's all good. Was it was it about uh, shading? Was it about um, application? Or was it about like, I'm trying to remember what I posted recently. I don't remember. I'm not the one who posts them actually. 
man, it was something with like shading and the way that you were, oh, you're, that you're using your, your, your technique on your needles. Like, are you mm -hmm. doing circles? Are you doing back and forth? Well, you're using all of it. You're using the side, you're yeah. going back, you're doing, you're doing everything. Right. You know, and that's, that's pretty good. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is when I, when I was, everything that, I, that you say, I, I agree with. Actually. Really? Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. There's never a time when I'm like, nah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. No, pretty much. There, I don't think there has been a time where I'm like, eh, I don't agree. I'm like, yeah, that's spot on. Dude, okay. that's good to hear because I mean, I know you know what you're doing and stuff. And a lot of people, uh, they, they, they like have it in their head in a certain way. But the stuff I try to say, I'm very careful. Like, I'm not going to speak on anything that I don't know to be objectively correct. Like, no matter who you ask, if they know what they're doing, they would say it's correct. I'm not doing stuff that's too opinionated or something that lives in a gray area. I'm like, no, this would be the correct, the best way to do it. And then in that, I just hope that uh, there's no room for me to kind of like give away bullshit. Because the worst thing you could do is get a platform and then give bullshit information. Yeah. And I'm not trying to do that. And I only speak on stuff that I know. I try to stay away from other stuff. And I just practice what I preach, you know, and um, a lot of people follow that. And it's good to hear that you agree with a lot of that stuff. And it makes me feel good about some of those videos. But now it's super cool to do podcasts like this because those are like live Q&As with just talking to people through the live. They ask me a question. I answer it just because it's an easiest way to interact while I'm at my shop. And it's like, but I've always loved the idea of having guests. And I'm super blessed to have already been at a point where I could ask someone like you to come on. And mind you, I'm su super grateful for you to do this. Thanks and I know, me. I know it's just fucking like, uh, like, oh, do the pod on all this. But it, it is a big deal that you could just come over here and do this. And I know you did it last minute on the spot. And I really appreciate you just yeah. going through with it. And I think it's really dope. I think people can get a lot out of it. And I think people can get a lot out of knowing more about the wipeouts, too. Because when we post this, I really want to plug that and make sure you guys know this is the new standard for it. If you haven't caught up yet you will because someone's going to like push you to do that. And if no one has, I want to push you to do that. It needs to be sterile. Your paper towels need to be sterile. They need to be soft because you're thinking about your client. Don't be so selfish to just say like, Oh, they just got to put up with it. Cause that's just how it is. Anything that you could do to make your tattooing process better. And especially if you want to be known as like really good, you want to get paid good money and all this stuff. You can't skimp on all that stuff. And I want you, everybody that's watching to know that it's all in the details. You can get away with using bullshit shit only for so long until someone's going to call you on your bullshit. And now you just really need to take pride in each step of the process. So MD Wipeouts, is there anything else that you want to plug? Wipeouts, well, your no, shop, anybody? I think that's it. Thanks okay. for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know you got to go, so we'll wrap it up. But yeah, follow MD Wipeouts. Uh, Mike DeVries is the Instagram. He's a... Uh, Great company, great guy, and I'm glad to have him. And we will see you on the next episode. Yeah.